Welcome to Modern Motherhood, where you're required to be everything to everyone all the time. We wouldn't have it any other way, but let's be honest, it's hard work. So let's talk about it, all of it, in the raw with no filter. Come and be a fly on the wall as you listen in on a chat between friends, as each week welcomes a new guest and a new topic to delve deeper around the ins and outs of not only motherhood, but life in general. The ups, the downs, the struggles, the highlights, the reality. Because the reality is, you're not alone. We're all in this together. You're listening to Mummy Republic. Welcome to the whirlwind. Hello, lovely. Welcome back to another episode of the Mummy Republic podcast. I'm your host, Danny, and I cannot wait to get started today. I have so much in store for you. But before I do, I want to give a quick shout out to username raldridge7, who left me a beautiful five-star review and comment on the podcast app. The comment says, loved every minute. Absolutely love the episode and can't wait to listen in every week. Danny was so easy to listen to and the conversation flowed like any normal conversation would. I loved the raw honesty the interview had. Thank you so much for taking the time to leave a review and a comment so that other users know what they're in for. It actually makes a huge difference Um, when people are scrolling through, they want to know what to expect. So if you would like to do the same, you can jump onto the podcast app or to iTunes, leave a rating and a review so that you can let other users know what they're in for. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you click on that subscribe button. It does not cost a thing, but it will make sure that you know every time an episode is on air, including any bonus episodes. Now, before we get started today, I do want to give you a little heads up. This conversation, we had such robust conversation about a whole heap of different things and apparently my microphones got a little bit too excited. So right up at the end of the interview, you will start to hear a little bit of an echo. Now, I don't know what is going on with the audio there. Clearly, we just were getting far too stuck into it. But unfortunately, there's a few moments where Jess and I echo a little bit. So that's the joys of podcasting and doing it in somebody's house or somebody's lounge room or on the road. And I think that it probably just adds to the authenticity. That's the exact reason why I don't record in a studio, because I think people are much more open and honest in the comfort of their own space or somewhere in a more relaxed atmosphere. So apologies in advance. It is a little bit frustrating, um, not too noticeable, but I did just want to give you a heads up that it's not an every time occurrence. Now, with that being said, there's some incredible content in here, lots of lessons to be learned. So how about we just get stuck into it? Today's mama is an empowerment coach, a fellow podcaster, mentor, speaker, and all-round burst of refreshing positivity. Welcome to the gorgeous Jess. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. Um, Now, before we get stuck into sharing some of your words and wisdom, um, and there are plenty of them, I have to ask you about your journey because... I'm always really intrigued by this. What led you to being an empowerment coach? Cool. Great question. And thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Um, my journey's a bit of a long one, so I'll, I'll try and think about how I can share today, I suppose, the most value for you guys. But I have, I'm 35 now, so I have had a few different career changes along the way. And I started off as a photographer. I was when I left school, I was very creative. I wanted to paint. So I became a photographer. And then after having my daughter, who's now nearly eight, I then decided that photography wasn't for me because I felt like it was a little bit too social. It was really clicky because I was in fashion photography. So I was like, well, I can't really go out on a Tuesday night anymore and (laughs) like drink champagne and mingle with people in the fashion world. So I stopped that and I took a road down the health path. So this is kind of the the, the long story short. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I took I took a real interest in losing the baby weight and doing all those things. And I started an Instagram based on health and losing weight. And so that led me to studying to be a personal trainer. 
and doing health coaching and all of those things because I genuinely thought that that was where it was at. I was like, that's that's where I'm going to, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. What I realized through that journey was that technically what I really craved as a person was connection and fun. And so for me, coaching people was really easy because I love talking. I love listening. I love being around people. I love variety. But what I found in the PT and the health coaching world was that I believe one of the biggest issues and one of the biggest reasons people can't lose weight or can't feel good or don't have energy wasn't because of just the health perspective. It was because of their mindset. And so I found in that role, I kept becoming a coach rather than a personal trainer, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And I remember one day I was at the gym training someone and she turned up to the gym and she goes, you know what, today I just don't even want to train. I just want to talk. And I was like, you want to pay me to talk? (laughs) I need to push weights around. You have to push weights with me. And she was like, no, I just need to talk. And I thought, okay, there's something to this. There's something here. Um, And throughout my my own personal journey, you know, I, as like anyone, I've had my fair share of lessons and ups and downs. And along that journey, I just kept getting pulled to asking for help and and I kept getting pulled to learning more and mm. the more and more I learned, the more I was like, I need more people to understand that they can really reach their own potential. And sometimes you need someone to help you. Absolutely. And that's how I became a coach. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that it was just an evolution for you though. It wasn't uh, all of a sudden I want to be a life coach and I want to empower people. It was just a gradual next step for you. Now, how does how did that come about for you though from a training perspective? Because obviously as a PT, you go through courses and whatnot. Yeah. How do you study to become an empowerment coach? Yeah. So there's a there's a lot of different things that I've done over time with it. Um to be honest, it's funny because it was it was a similar thing to when I became a photographer. I remember being like, What do I do to become a good photographer? And I remember someone saying to me, you know, like physically, it's just in your work. It's a proof in the pudding type of a career. So I went and did my training. But what I found was that until I actually just got on the job and started proving my skills and started having success stories and started showing people what I could do, that I became more qualified because I had people Mm. saying, your work's really great. But I did study um, in terms of, I went and studied under a guy named Scott Harris, who's an incredible, he's actually one of Tony Robbins, like right-hand men. Wow. So he trains people to become coaches. Yep. Um, I think he refers to himself as the ultimate coach, if anyone's looking to look him up. Um, so he, I, I studied with him and I learned a ton of stuff from him from, from like the perspective of what it means to be a coach and a mentor, because there is, it's funny, a lot of people will come to me and they'll say, look, I'm already seeing a psychologist or I've already seen a counselor and now I'm looking for a coach. And the role of a coach is is very different to what the role of a psychologist or a counselor is. Mm. So I heard this actually said the other day, there was something about Someone was talking about like coaching malpractice or something to that effect. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, I've never heard that before. But I think for anyone ever like questioning, do I need a coach or a mentor or what is that? A coach or a mentor, in my personal opinion, is someone who helps you move from one point to another. It's not our job to give you the answer. It's not our job to, to tell you what to do. It's not our job to uh, give you approval. It's a very... There's a skill set and a lot of it comes down to being a really good listener mm. and and helping that person realize their truth for themselves. Yeah. So it is, it's quite a skill. But yeah, so I studied with Scott. Um, I did a multitude of other courses and then my personal coach who I now use through, um, his name's Mitch and Mitch and Mills through MJB seminars have been my mentors in terms of how to hone my coaching skills and how to really become the highest level coach that I can possibly be. Um, but on top of that, look, experience, you know, you you really can't do anything well until you do a lot of it and until yep. you go through the stuff, yep. you know. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think that's um, 
learning and and that's why I think storytelling is really important because not only can people get comfort from your story they can help learn from potentially your mistakes um, or have that extra support in knowing that yes I've been through this but I got through it and this is exactly how now on that um things haven't always been positive and amazing for you. And in your own words, you know, you've had a lot of struggles, you've been through two miscarriages, you were on the edge of bankruptcy. How did you pull yourself through all of that to now be in such a great frame of mind? Yeah. Um, Look, that's a a good question. Um, There's been a lot of different things that that I've found to be really helpful. I'm trying to think of like the most – profound and really (laughs) impactful thing I can give you here. But I think one of the biggest things that I did is when, like, for example, when I was going through my first miscarriage and then, and our bankruptcy, those things were actually quite in similar alignment in terms of timeframe. So all these things were happening. It felt like everything was just crumbling around us. Like I actually haven't done a podcast about the bankruptcy yet, Mm -hmm. but I, I remember like when, when we were near to that, when we were literally like, there was a point when we were overseas one year and we were like, I don't even think we can get a taxi home. Like, how did we get here? Like we were away working and things were just, things were just falling apart. Mm. Um, we were living in our studio at a point because the rent for the studio was so much. And we were just young adults trying to figure out how to do business with no help whatsoever. No one to tell us here's how to set tax aside. Here's how to manage your money. Here's how to forward plan. And we would just, we were just, we were just doing our best, but it just wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. And then the miscarriage happened and all those different things. And I remember at that point feeling like everything was just falling apart. And I think because I was younger, I was less attached to what it meant to fall apart. So trying to think at what age that was, I would have only been like 24 or 25 when that, when all of that was happening, I didn't have my daughter Scarlett yet. So that was my first pregnancy, which resulted in the miscarriage. But I think at that age, it's easier to be more resilient because Mm. you're like, well, we can always move back home with mum and dad. We can always ring someone like we can ring mum and dad and they'll give us $10,000 if we really need it. (laughs) You've got that say net, which you don't have as an adult. Yeah. And so when you listen to that story, when I, even when I talk about it, I think if I was in that position now, it would stress the hell out of me Mm. because I have dependents now and I have, you know, I have the children that need me. Whereas at that time, I probably didn't understand the magnitude of what was happening. And like I say, you just you're in that phase of life where you're just more resilient and you're just like, we'll be fine. You're probably in denial. Um, But as I got older and as I became a parent, I started to realize very quickly that I needed to understand who I was. And so what I feel um, as a coach, I really, really help people with in the early stages of when we work together is knowing what makes you tick, knowing what your needs are, knowing why you do things the way you do. And so I kind of touched on that before with me loving connection. Like that's one of my highest values. So for some people who don't, don't value connection and prefer certainty, they wouldn't love coaching because coaching is uncertain. You don't know what people are going to say to you when you, they wouldn't love hosting podcasts and doing this because, again, this is not very certain. Yeah. You don't know what they're going to say. <laughs> so, I love that, though. You I know. Love that. <laughs> so, when you get to know yourself on those levels, you start to understand how you work. And then you realize that you can actually draw on strengths that maybe you didn't know you had, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I really just had to understand that in this life, there is a time when you need to invest and when you need to go deep. And what I decided was that that was going to be my rock bottom. That was going to be my low point. And I never wanted to go back there versus let me see how far I can push this button and and let's see how much lower things could get. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've got a choice, right? You can either sit and wallow in your sadness and then, you know, potentially you can go lower or you can step up and go, I'm going to learn from my mistakes and move forward. Yeah. I want to touch back on your connection because that is a a large part of um, who you are and what you promote and, and, it's probably something that you focus on quite a lot in, in what you talk about and you discuss 
Tell me a little bit more about the connections cards that you created. Yeah. Um, so when I created those, um, they're called Create Connection Every Day and the cards are based around helping families connect more. And when I came up with the idea, I was actually, and, and everything I ever speak about, it's always based on my own experience, you know. So I was looking at our little family unit and going, wow, we both work from home. We're looking at our devices a lot and the pressures of, you know, having income and paying mortgages and appearing like everything, you've got everything together can sometimes be quite stressful. And then at the end of the day, when you're trying to get those kids off into bed, it can be a little bit of that push, shove, get in, come on, like <laughs> count down to the glass oh, of wine situation, so right? <laughs> it's like, I just need them to go to bed. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm blessed and I'm, I'm grateful that I've never had to suffer with any sort of like postnatal depression, but I've definitely had times when I've felt resentment around my kids. Like I Mm -hmm. wish these little humans would just go the fuck away, you know, like (laughs) honestly, like, and I know that every mum is going, Oh, you're not, I'm not alone because you don't want to say that out loud, but you, you generally sometimes just, you want them to go away. Yep. And so I felt that that's what was happening a little bit in our household at a point. And I thought, you know what, I'm at that stage now with Scarlett where I'm trying to teach her life skills. I'm trying to teach her about being grateful and about how to breathe. And she's off going off to yoga. And I thought there are so many people that don't have the ability or the income or the time to be able to do those things. And honestly, there's a lot of us adults, there's a lot of us mums that don't know how to meditate don't know how to be grateful or we're not practicing those skills very well. Yep. It's just the life is a jumble and we're just forgetting about ourselves. We're forgetting about our kids. Everyone's getting forgotten about and it's just wake up, feed, work, sleep, repeat. Yep. And so I thought if I could create something that would help you just get your five to 15 minutes with your kids before bed, but inadvertently teaches the adult something while they teach the kid, then I would be really proud of what I'd created. Um, And so I did create it alongside one of my good friends who's actually Scarlett's yoga teacher. Um, I love that she has her own yoga teacher. Yeah, she does. I know. (laughs) What what seven-year-old has a yoga teacher? A very lucky one. (laughs) I'm sure. But, yeah, so we – and and Brie comes into it in terms of really bringing a calming sense into to what I do. I'm very black and white. I'm like, everyone should practice gratitude and how do we teach that? Whereas Brie brought some of the fun activities into the, into the card deck. Mm. But it's been really interesting because I think a lot of people, the reason they don't take the time to connect with their partners or with their kids is just because they just don't know what to do. Yep. And it's like, what do we do? What are we going to do? Like we, we can talk at the dinner table and then what else do we do? So there's some things in there that are super simple and there's other things that push you out of your, out of your comfort zone a little bit. Mm. Like, and those things are designed around teaching children how to build their confidence or how to communicate with people outside their family. So they may seem simple, but they're actually quite complex. But the crux of it is, you get to, especially as a parent, become a role model. And sometimes we spend so much time feeling guilty that we're not doing a good job. This helps you do that role model thing. You just pick up a card and you just follow through and it's it's a month worth of ideas. I love so. that. I, th- I think you're spot on. It's such a whirlwind. And whether you're a stay-at-home mum, whether you work full-time, everybody's busy. You know, yeah. every day just seems to be relentless during the week and you're just sort mm. of paddling, keeping your head above water. So those little touch points of connection are really important because at the end of the day, we're all tired and the kids are tired and quite often it is like, a, oh, do I want to read a book because I just want to go to sleep, you know? So that's, yeah, such a powerful thing. Have you noticed a shift in your own family since doing that? Yeah, 100%. And we've got a lot of great feedback as well. But, um, you know, they say your children can be your biggest teachers. And I remember when I thought, like, I thought, what the heck does that mean? Like, that makes no sense. You know, at at first when you've got little kids, you don't really see it. Mm. But the more that we've been able to teach, especially Scarlett, I mean, Leo's only nearly two, so he's not, he's teaching me patience. That's about (laughs) it. Resilience. (laughs) Yeah, but, um, but with Scarlett being nearly eight, she will now, like we've, 
we've seen in our family home and we've had our ups and downs and she might see that I'm stressed or something and she will now come to me and say, why don't we get a card out? Why don't we do breathing? Why don't we do yoga together? Or let's get the crystals or whatever. So she's actually learnt stuff and is now transferring it back to us, which has been – I didn't expect that at all. It's incredible. Yeah. It's amazing how much they pick up on and how much they really do learn and they're like little sponges. So that's huge. Yeah. I actually said to one of my girlfriends it's kind of like when a kid can learn a language really quickly. Yes. So you – as an adult could just never learn how to speak Japanese as quickly as a three or four year old could because they just, they just take it all in. Mm. So I'm like, imagine, I really do think we downplay the little skills that we teach our kids at a young age, like just five minutes of breathing time or do a little medit quick guided meditation or be aware of your, your body or <laughs> like those little things. Mm. My my parents didn't have the skill to teach me or they weren't taught it, so they didn't carry it on to me. So I'm like really mindful of how do I change that? I suppose you call it like a lineage. You change that that repeat in the generations to spirituality and things that are important to you or that you wish you'd been taught and you're only yes. learning now. And to my kids, I hope it's just part of their nature because it's just like speaking another language. They just learned it when they were little and now it's a part of their life. Yeah. So that's my aim anyway. <laughs> I love that. I think it is, you know, you do as a parent, you think about what, and again, our parents only had the tools that they had and the knowledge that they had at the time, but you think about those things that you wish you would have had. And and one of my favorite quotes is uh, the way we speak to, their, to our children is what becomes their inner voice. And mm. I think it's really important to remember that even everybody gets angry and sometimes you say things that you shouldn't or you're a bit too harsh on them, but just teaching them those little components definitely all adds up. Now, I do want to touch on something that you've spoken before on your podcast. So I will put your details in the show notes. So the Abundance Hub is where you can find Jess on her podcast. Definitely check her out. But in particular, the episode, I want what she's got. And I think that this is a really powerful episode and and you touch a lot on relationships with your husband, but I think, and you did mention that it can translate through to all types of relationships. So family, friends, et cetera. We do all, I think at one point in time, find ourselves comparing Mm -hmm. and it's again, part of human nature. What do you think about comparisons and how do we, what kind of tools would you suggest to stop that? Yeah. Um, This is something I'm just so passionate about and it's interesting because the more and more I teach and talk, I just feel like I continually come back to the same subject, which is comparison. Yeah. Um, We have a tendency and we – I I think because sometimes my podcast episodes get blurred. I'm like, did I speak about that in that one or that one? But (laughs) You should remember everything that you've said at each point in time. (laughs) Can I still blame my kids for that? Like baby (laughs) brain two years later? (laughs) Absolutely. I'm like, it's permanent, permanent damage. (laughs) But um, yeah, I remember saying, I think I'm pretty sure it was that episode where I talked about the fact that our parents never, and again, it, it all comes back to like the generation gaps and things, but our parents never had to had a phone or a device where they could open it up and then make perceptions about the way people lived. Mm. And now what we do is we create our own perceptions for the world to then, to then judge us on. Yep. You know, we get to decide what we put out there. So we get to decide how many filters we put on our pictures or what we show of our life. Um, we get to make that conscious choice of how we present ourselves. Whereas, you know, back before social media and us carrying mini laptops in our pockets, we just perceived the actual outdoor reality. You could only really perceive like what was someone was wearing at the shopping center <laughs> to get an idea, right? Yep. <laughs> now we perceive this, this couple's more romantic than us. This one gets more flowers bought than us. This one gets nicer clothes than us. This one goes to more restaurants than us. These kids are healthier than ours, better behaved. They have a better house than us. And it's all this comparison. Um, I think it's probably like, it's, it's probably really an epidemic that is going to get worse and worse if we're not actually really careful of our own mindset. And one of the things my, I can't take 
credit for this. My coach has taught me this. I'm sure that, I mean, I'm thinking who I would have heard it off first. It would probably have been, I'm thinking, it'll come to me, but one of the, one of the great, great personal development speakers said this years and years ago. It was either Joe Dispenza or I'm just trying to think now. Oh, it'll come back to me. But (laughs) when you put someone else on a pedestal, you inadvertently put yourself in a pit. And so the biggest message I can tell everybody is that every one of you, it doesn't matter whether you are a millionaire, living in poverty, somewhere in between, it doesn't matter what you do, how you look, we are all the fucking same. (laughs) That's it. Like, And when you can finally just understand that, it takes a lot of work. Um, It takes, what I believe it takes is for you to break down your barriers. It takes for you to be vulnerable and authentic actually talk to people about things that are going on rather than trying to pretend like you've got to put on a show for people. And it can be very difficult. It can be very hard to get past that, especially if you are not a social media influencer, if you're just a regular old mom, as we would call them or whatever, that's watching these fabo women, it's fucking hard. And so I always say like, you're in control of what you get to see. So if things aren't playing out well for you, if you're finding that something is causing you, as lots of people like to refer to it, to triggering you to feel a certain way or causing you to feel a certain way or stirring up an emotion, then it's your responsibility to be on top of it, number one. But you have to get a really clear understanding of putting someone up there and you down here, it just does not serve anybody. Um, and my most recent podcast, um, or I think it's number 26, when I, I talk about we're all going through something, like everyone is going through something. Again, I've had so much feedback on that podcast because I've had a hard few weeks and it's been really shit. And I think people are like, oh, but she seems like she's had all this fun because I have. I've had I've had weddings to go to and I've gone out to nice dinners and I've got cute kids, but I've still gone through shit. Yep. And it's not our responsibility as people on social media to like, we're allowed to put out whatever we want. And if we want to put out our sparkly life and not our shit life, we can, we can do whatever we want. Right. It's not our responsibility to all be vulnerable. Some people aren't put here to be vulnerable. Like the Kardashian girls are put here to be glamorous. They don't need to share their their fails with us. That That's their decision. Yep. But I think number one, just understanding who you are, number st- understanding that we're all the same. We all have to go to the toilet. We all burp. <laughs> like really. So we're all glamorous right? like that. We yep. do. I, don't, I haven't <laughs> met anyone yet to tell me different. So <laughs> if you go back to the basics, that's the truth. Yep. So don't think 100%. you're less than anyone. Don't also don't think you're better than anyone. If you're someone who's been given praise, accept praise with grace. Don't accept it with ego. Like be able to own where you're good at things and equally be able to own where you're not good at things. Just be okay with that because that's human nature. Yep. And then just second to that is just take responsibility for how you feel. And if you're not feeling good, if you're feeling like every morning when you wake up, you're in comparison mode, from the minute you wake up because you're opening your phone, then change your shit. Yep. Start doing something else. Start putting down the phone. Start unfollowing people that you may love but don't serve your needs if that's something that is not helping your mental state because in the end that's very important, right? Absolutely. I think that's, that's a huge thing and there's been a lot of talk um, on Instagram lately in particular around unfollowing people who don't serve you. And I think there's two key things to that. You know, some people will choose to put out their shiny life and there is a timely reminder that not every part of their life is perfect. It's yeah. never going to be, but they may choose not to share the raw parts and that's completely acceptable. Yeah. But also to, to reflect back on your own situation and go, well, is my anger towards their happiness or what they have a reflection of them or a reflection of me? Because you can't help that somebody else, you know, gets to travel the world. But what is it that's making you feel so low instead of going, oh, good on her, you know, wish wish I could do that, but 
you know, I'm glad that she can at least for one of us. Yeah. So I yeah. think reflection is a key part of that as well. A hundred percent. And, and again, that comes back to realizing we are all the same and we, but we all also get the, the choices and, and things in life to, to follow the path that's right for us. Mm-hmm. And so, and you, anyone would have this within their family unit or their friendship units where they, they will get to a point one day where they resent someone or they're jealous of someone. Yep. And the ultimate truth of any of that is that I'm, I remember my mum saying jealousy is a curse. I used to compare like when I was like 18, oh, why don't you hold hands with me? My my other friend, her boyfriend holds hands with her all oh, the time. Guilty. And, I used you to know, like all we've time. all done that. And then we get to adulthood and it's more like they've got a bigger house than us yep. or whatever it is. The truth is, well, there's two things that are true. There's one thing that is true is that they may have potentially worked harder than you or put mm. their head down more than you or have done something differently to you. That's definitely true, right? The second thing is you can choose to be happy for other people. You can choose to really be proud of people. So I remember when I was really into my fitness and I followed all the fitness models and I used to like, oh my God, her abs, oh my God, her butt. Like, Whereas then when I had my second baby, it didn't serve me to follow those people because I was yep. like, I hate her abs. She's a bitch. Like, because it butt. wasn't right for my time frame, yep. right? Yeah. Whereas when I was in that mode, so when I was in business creation mode, it serves me to follow other inspiring women. Mm. But if I'm a stay-at-home mum, is it serving me to do that when I'm resenting the fact that I can't work because my baby's crying? It's probably not going to be good for my mindset. Mm. So you have to take responsibility of where you're at And again, it reverts right back to what I said before about knowing yourself. So rather than getting caught up in scrolling, get caught up in, okay, I can feel this coming on. What's a good quality question I get to ask myself now that helps me move out of how I'm feeling towards something better, which could be, why is this upsetting me? How do I take responsibility for this? Is this true or is this something that I'm just making up in my head? So you ask yourself a quality question, you will 95% of the time get a quality answer or you'll be in denial and you won't have answered it correctly. <laughs> yeah. So I've got friends that I've had to unfollow at times because they're just um, living their life out and I'm potentially in a shitty state and I'm like, oh, she's just having too much fun for my life. <laughs> I need to mute her for a few days while yep. I get through my shit. Because yep. I'm having an argument at home with my hubby or something's not going right for me. And again, that comes back to ownership. That comes back to I've got stuff to heal. I've got things to move through. So I need to make decisions that are good for me. Yep. Not just do what I've always done, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's actually key as on the other side. If somebody does stop liking your photos or stop commenting or even unfollows you, it doesn't mean that the genuine friendship's not there, but it can be a reflection of what's going on with them or sometimes life can get busy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, we, we rely so much on, and it's great now that Instagram has removed the likes yeah. of everybody else, but you can still see them, obviously. Yes. To not put so much pressure on, I need the likes, I need the comments, I need the engagement. If you just keep doing you, the right type of people will resonate with that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think that... It doesn't matter if you're on social media or not. I think that your only feedback system should be your own internal one. Like you shouldn't for your friends to tell you you look great in the dress or your mum to say she's proud of you. Like we all want those things. It's always nice for someone to say you look beautiful today or you're doing a great job, but your only feedback system should be you. Yep. And if you can get strong with that, then you you will feel so secure and worthy within yourself that everything else becomes a bonus and then life becomes about how can I help people? Where do I add value versus what do I get? What do I get? Mm. What do I get? One thing that I, I'm, I'm continually learning, you know, I might be a coach, but I, I, I always feel like the more shit I have to go through, the more I have to offer people. Yeah. And one thing when I kind of got to a certain point, I felt like, okay, I've done so much stuff now. I've done so much personal development work. I'm hitting all my goals, I thought, well, now it's going to be smooth sailing for a while. But the the quality of your problems only raise with the quality of your life <laughs> and the quality of your mindset. So you might be dealing with a shitty, a shitty problem when you've got a shitty mindset and then 
the better your mindset gets that the universe just says, well, she can handle more now. So they'll, so the universe will give you lots of greatness, but there's no such thing as light without dark or highs and lows, right? Good and bad, happy and sad. So you're still going to have challenge. It's just going to come to you packaged up differently. Mm. You might be able to handle it better, but the thought that getting, when I get the new car, the big house or whatever it is, when I get this, that, and the other, or when I get that perfect picture that represents what I believe is my perfect life, the fact is that's denial because Mm. with the car, with the expensive car comes the more expensive services or the the $3,000 broken window instead of the $500 broken window. Like everything's relative. Um, You put more pressure on yourself. Like the thought that the person living in the bigger house has got things easier is just ridiculous. It just means that they've got bigger quality problems and probably more pressure or their values are different. You know, like it's to me, all of that stuff is really just about knowing that whatever state stage you're in, those people that you think seem to have it all together just still have problems because problems and challenges are going to exist for everybody. They're just packaged differently. Yeah. Do you think Richard Branson doesn't have problems? Do you think, (laughs) you know, the greatest, great business owners, Oprah Winfrey, those types of people that we all tend to like think are amazing don't have problems? No, they Mm -hmm. just have higher quality problems. They're just not dealing with the petty ones anymore. Yep. Right. Spot on. Now, I think a lot of what you do, um, and again, case in point, me lying in bed in the morning and you've already been for a beach walk and meditated, (laughs) which should be motivating to me. And I'm sure it will be at one point um, when I'm not so bloody tired. Yeah, I was going to say, you've got a legitimate excuse right now, so that's okay. I'm using the pregnancy for everything. Yeah. Tell me about what your day looks like yeah. because you do you're you're such a routine person and I love this because I think it's a massive shift for your mindset if you've got those sort of values. So what does a day look yeah. like for you? Yeah. Um look, I I have done a podcast on my morning routine and mm-hmm. at a point I was waking up at 4:30 in the morning. Oh god. Um, and I remember when I started telling people that that was their response or like yeah. you're fucking crazy or like <laughs> why do you have to set all these high standards for everyone else? But the truth was, is what happened to me at that point was I had done a lot of personal development work and my coach had said to me, you need to have time for yourself. And Mm. Leo, my son was only like six months old. And I was like, well, that's impossible. I'm not going to be able to get time for myself. My child wakes up at 5am, sometimes, you know, six, five, six am When do I get time for myself? And he just said to me, figure it out, Jess. And I was like, well, fucking thanks, guys. Like, I didn't want (laughs) you to tell me that. I wanted you to be like, it's okay, just do your best. But the truth was is that that advice wouldn't have got me anywhere. Like being being, um, given an excuse isn't like having other people around you that give you excuses or that say, it's okay, you've got got enough on your plate, just chill is not what I needed personally and not what I felt my clients need. so when my coach said to me, just figure it out, I was like, well, I'm going to have to wake up early because what I was realizing is that I wasn't staying sane without my own time. So that's how the routine started. So in the morning, I try to wake up in winter. It's more like 5.30. In summer, it's 4.30 because it's getting lighter. Mm. But basically, I'm lucky now because my kids are waking up between 6.30 and 7. But what I try to do is I try to get at least one hour before them. I try to be awake one hour before them. Um, I read a mission statement every single morning. It's something that I have developed over time and I change often. So I change it sometimes two to three times a week. And it's basically a, it's a five page document now. It started as a three page. So it takes me about 10 minutes to read it, but it's like a huge amount of powerful, positive affirmations, but it's me speaking as if the future I'm creating now has already happened. So I read it as if it's already happened. So an example is I've had in there for a long time. I'm in the top 20 on the iTunes chart and I have got to 22 at one point. So it's just where your thoughts go, your future goes, right? So it's just reinforcing. So that's my number one, like non-negotiable is I have to read my mission statement every morning. So as long as I do that and I drink my lemon water in peace without the kids, I'm cool. Yep. 
But then if I can, then I'll do meditation for like 10 to 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I try to exercise as well. So that's why like I prefer to have two hours of free time before the kids. But for some people, that's just, it just seems really overwhelming. Mm. And for my clients, I'm like, just start with 15 minutes and then next week do 30 minutes. And it's absolutely inevitable that anyone who takes my advice will send me a message and say, thank you so much. When I actually did it, I've really started to see change. But yeah, so my, my biggest non-negotiables are just giving myself time before the kids at wake up. And then if I'm really on top of it, I can make the lunch for Scarlett before she wakes up. Like if they sleep in a bit longer or I can blow dry my hair or I can put makeup on. Like <laughs> that's when the real bonuses start yep. to come in. I can real move treats. from gym gear to real people clothes. Like, <laughs> so the routine in the morning is important, but what it does for me is it sets up my mindset because if you're a mum, you will definitely be able to relate to just feeling like you've potentially lost your own self. You, you're not doing anything for yourself. You're just on that mouse wheel and you're just you're you're in demand from other people. And that's where I feel people do tend to go down that road of resenting their kids or having some sort of depression because they're like, what happened to me? You know, everyone else, like your kids are born, your hubby kind of stays the same and you change. You're mm life changes. Um, and so for me, that was just really important. It, and one of my favorite quotes is how you do anything is how you do everything. So I feel like if I sleep in, I'm just saying, Jess, you, you just, you're you're not putting yourself first. So it's, how's it going to relay into my day? Yep. Um, the other thing is because I work from home, I could easily work out after I did the school drop off. Like I could easily do that, but then it would suffer. My income would suffer. And then I have to think about, well, where do I want to show up as a parent later on in the day? So I really like to be able to do stuff with my daughter after school. I used to just try and like put her on the iPad while I kept working and I was always flustered. So all those things around the routine has just helped me just feel like I'm, I'm starting the day right, which means the rest of the day flows. It helps me make better decisions with what I eat. It helps me make better decisions with what I do at nighttime because I used to stay up and scroll social media. I used to, sometimes I still do, but I'm pretty good now. I don't really drink wine during the week anymore. (laughs) And because I wanted to show up on the other end in the morning, I kind of had to make that flow throughout the day. So I hope that makes sense. Absolutely. It's funny that you you touched on that because you've sort of already answered my next question, which is around, I think it's really important to maintain a little bit of a connection with the person that you were before you become a mum, because motherhood Mm. does change you. And it's, as you said, people around you don't necessarily change, but you will evolve, of course, Mm. as a parent. You've pretty much answered it with your daily routine, but I like to call it the me before mummy. Yeah. Is there anything else that you do to reconnect with that person that you were the Jess before kids? Yeah. Um, yes, there is. I just wanted to say one thing on the previous thing because sometimes I have people challenge me on the whole routine because it. I know that my routine may seem extreme. Like when I, when I really expand on it, people might be like, that's a lot. And I want people to know who are listening to me for the first time that this was something that evolved over time. So I didn't just do yeah. it. But also if you're a single parent or if you're someone whose income may not be as abundant as you wish it to and you're like, well, I don't live near the beach, I don't have money for a gym and I don't have a partner to be at home, just even just literally like walking to the lounge room and sitting there on a pillow and listening to a YouTube meditation will absolutely change your life if you do it consistently for a year. Like I'm telling you, it will. So don't feel like the the goal's too big so you can't do any of it. Just chip mm. away at it. Like hot lemon water and a one meditation or 10 squats in the lounge room will still be better than nothing. Yeah. Just so that everyone who's like, whoa, that's a lot, Jess, you can breathe. But, but it's, it is an evolution though. Yeah. And again, it might be someone having coffee yep. in by themselves before having the kids coffee or a cup of tea. Up. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Or just getting up and blow drying your hair before. Like that could yeah. mean a lot to you if that if you always feel like, you're in a shambles and you look terrible every day as a mum, like maybe it's worth trying that once in a while just to see how it, how it makes you feel. Absolutely. Um, in terms of 
how to keep the old Jess. Um, one thing I said when Scarlett was born is that she moved into our life. We didn't move into hers. And I remember feeling like I was being judged severely for that. Yep, yep. <laughs> Sometimes I was like, man, I say inappropriate things. But um, I really think back to, I really go back to what my human needs are and what my top values are. And so when people are living in alignment with their values, it's very easy to stay happy. It's when you give up your values for someone else that you become unhappy. Um, now, a lot of people will say, what, like, what, how do you know what your values are? And what most people do is when they decide on their values, they, they pick a thing, they pick values they believe they should, they should have. Like health, family, they're, they're, they're like top values that people, oh, my family is my highest value or my health is my highest value. Yep. Um, for me, my values are fun and connection, travel and empowerment. And so there was a process that I got taken through to figure that out. And it was a little bit complex. Um, but the truth is your values are for you. They're not for other people and they're not for perceived what, what other people would want you to value. Mm. That doesn't mean I don't value my health and I don't have my family as high importance, but also my values and most people's do will tend to also align with what their human needs are. So you can do the six human needs test online. It's through Tony Robbins. Um, I would suggest everyone do that. It's amazing. It's just like a multiple, like multiple answer kind of thing. Ooh, and very um, intrigued by this. Yeah. And it's awesome. Um, I teach it. I teach people part about this in my module based training as well, but mine is my top, human need is connection. Uh, no, sorry, is variety. <laughs> I'm thinking values. So variety. Now the way I get variety is through fun and connection. So yep. if you're saying my top value is fun and connection, um, my human need for variety, they mix together. So if anyone ever says to me, Jess, do you want to go and get a coffee? I'm like done. Like I literally cram a coffee in with my girlfriend this morning when I knew I shouldn't do it. I should be here doing something else. Um, so that's how I stay in touch with me is yep. really just knowing what my values are. So I know that um, my value for travel, for example, I didn't get to travel when I was young. I never like my, we, we did it without a little family, like camping trips. We never traveled overseas or anything. And so as an adult, that became really important to me. And so when I start feeling lost, I'm like, oh, I should start thinking about another trip. I should start thinking about how I can help people because they're my values. Whereas someone else's values might be um, financial stability. Like that could be a high value of someone. A, a value could be, it could be anything. You could value dancing as your top value. Like it doesn't really matter. But again, when you know them, then what you just have to do is every time you feel lost, you just have to ask yourself, how can I get back in touch with what I value most? Not what my husband values not what my kids value, what I value. And that will ultimately make you feel more fulfilled and happier. That's such a powerful thing for you to have said because we're so good as mothers putting everybody else first. You know, we think about the kids, we think about our husband, yeah. we're normally last and that's where I think that's really important to do. Yeah. I just want to read something as well before we wrap up um, and I'm going to quote you. If you want absolute greatness in your life, you have to be prepared to go through the bumps in the road to face the challenges head on and to improve. I think that's really powerful. And I think all of the things of what you've shared with us today are little tools that people can take away and adapt each to their own. And I think even if you take away one thing from this conversation, it's, it's worthwhile, you know, to make a difference, adjust it to your own life. So thank you so much for joining me today to the You're beautiful welcome. Jess. So I will put all of her details in the show notes. Uh, and if you haven't done so already, make sure you jump over to the Abundance Hub podcast. It is definitely worth a listen. But thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. I've had some fun. Me too. <laughs> well, we certainly covered some ground in that one. There is a lot of things that I took away from the discussion with Jess and a few things that I want to debrief on, I suppose, is firstly around connection. So making sure that you take the time to connect. 
everybody's busy. Everybody has a lot going on and a lot on their plate, but particularly when it comes to our relationships with our children, with our partners, it's important to make sure you take that time with each other. Uh, It's also important to recognize that if there's certain things that you wish that you'd been taught as a child, perhaps it's time to make sure that you're conscious of that and pass on those kind of habits to your own children so that it becomes a tradition for your family. Now, the second point is around comparisons, which I think is such a rabbit hole. Gosh, we could go on and on and on about this topic. But at the end of the day, when you put someone else on a pedestal, it reduces your own value. We are all the same and doing this does not serve anybody. You choose what you allow the world to see. So make sure that you're conscious of that when you start comparing yourself to other people. Be cautious of these behaviors and be conscious of who you follow and take responsibility for where you're at. If it's no longer serving you, if it's no longer benefiting you to follow someone or to to be in contact with somebody who doesn't make you feel great, then take responsibility, take a step back, look at yourself, reflect, and then take action. Following on from that, it's important to make sure that that reflection is something that you do on an ongoing basis, making sure that you accept the positive and the negatives about yourself and your personality. Everybody is a work in progress. So be aware that you're not always going to be at that end game and it's a journey. It's not a race and it's not a final destination. In the same token, make sure that you accept praise with grace and not ego. Self-love is so important and it can take quite some time to get there, but make sure that you're conscious of how that portrays to other people and still be aware of your own behaviors. Now, if you would like to follow more of Jess's journey, you can find her over on Instagram at at Jess underscore Shembri underscore. I will put this in the show notes or over at the Abundance Hub where you can find her podcast and another page um, talking about life coaching. You can also find links via those two different pages to both her website, her connection cards and her wellness retreats and events. Now she does have one coming up on the Gold Coast. So if this is something of interest of you, there is a session in the next few weeks. So jump on and take a look. Now, this week, I want to give a quick shout out to username at Brooke underscore Lee, who tagged me in a hashtag the me before mummy story, where she was taking the time to take a walk and listen to a podcast while getting some time for herself. It is so important to make sure you take advantage of those little moments and reconnect with the person that you were pre-children. Like I said, it does not need to be complicated. It does not need to be glamorous, but you deserve that time for yourself and a little bit of self-care. If you would like to do the same, you can use the hashtag the me before mummy and tag myself at mummy republic for a potential shout out on next week's episode, but also so you can show other mums just how simple it is to take some time to reconnect with yourself. But in the meantime, remember to take a breath, take some time for yourself and know that you're doing a damn good job. Thank you again so much for joining me. I cannot wait to share more stories with you. So if you haven't done so already, make sure that you click on that subscribe button so that you don't miss a thing. Thanks again. Lots of love and I'll see you next week.